0: Welcome to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. This podcast is all about the outdoors, fitness, and most importantly, living the best life you can, both physically and mentally. I love finding people who strive to be their best at anything they are taking on, such as running, weightlifting, cycling, hunting, you name it. I want to hear this story, and hopefully it gives us all a chance to take something away from it and apply it to ourselves. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, and today's guest is Denver Isom. He is a, well, he was a bodybuilder turned ultra runner. Uh, he just completed his first 150 mile uh, ultra race, uh, which is crazy for my mind to get wrapped around. Um, you know, but just an awesome guy. So how you doing, Denver?
1: Good, man, good. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast, man. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, you were a bodybuilder to start uh, and now, you know, following your IG, um, like you, you are motivated to run. So what, you know, take us down that road from bodybuilding into ultra running.
1: All right. So, yeah, I mean, everything, like I said, all started with bodybuilding and um, that was just because I just, you know, hung out with a group of guys and they were all lifting and got into the whole uh, you know, competition around here. So I started doing that and just kind of liked the way it, you know, changed my physique. But I, at the same time, it was, uh, you know, it it was changing me mentally because, I mean, you have to be, you know, straight up dedicated and just mentally have mental strength to go through some of the strict dieting and, you know, stuff that you have to do for this coming I mean, because they got a, what we call, basically it's called peak week or we call it hell week because literally you go from drinking, you know, Three to four gallons of water to drink, and you know, a sips of water with every meal before your are and that just is, you know, you know, kind of grueling on the body or whatnot. But, um anyways, but that taught me a lot about discipline. So I did that for a while, and just got tired of the toll it was taking on my body with the whole gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and whatnot. And so then, from bodybuilding, I actually went to powerlifting. Um, okay. I did I did powerlifting for maybe three or four years, and then uh. After that, uh well, as I was doing powerlifting, I actually set the state record for squats. I, I hit a hit 606 pound squat. Um, my deadlift Holy was crap. almost the same, but I failed at deadlift though, but I was going for the same amount. Um, but yeah, so that was my little powerlifting thing there. And, and,
0: and I, I assume the state record was for your body weight, right?
1: Correct, it goes for your body weight. My body weight was 215. And so, yeah, okay. it was, uh, the previous weight was I think 595 pounds. And so, yeah, I, I got that. And then, uh, not even two weeks later, some guy beat that out of nowhere. So I'm like, oh, wow. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a short, it was a short lived high, but it, it was lived for a little bit.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's, um, yeah. And, and for those of you listening, like, um, Denver was, um, like you got on stage with your bodybuilding. So, um, I've I've never even I mean it's not anything I'm you know interested in I I, I actually enjoy watching it because the the dieting and stuff that goes into that um, right. to me yeah. is amazing but I, I think when a lot of people throw around um, I'm into bodybuilding they think they go to the gym and they're just you know muscular but like what you were doing getting on stage like you said the the toll it takes to actually like diet for that and shed every ounce of fat on you for the most part I mean that's it it's incredible I mean it, it's so hard to do I could I personally I would need to my diet would never never match up for that I just couldn't do it it would be too hard
1: <laughs> I mean yeah it's it trust me yeah it's just some of the meals you got to eat to go to, you know like the day before to eat nothing it's just I mean yeah but it's something that I, I wouldn't like Maintain like I wouldn't, necessarily, I would say, some, if you ever want somebody's ever thinking about trying it, try it. But me personally, it's just not the type of lifestyle that I like to maintain because I like to eat my food whenever I want to. I like my chocolate chip cookies, so you know, <laughs> I right. kind of had a
0: yeah it's um it's it's it, yeah i i follow those guys on youtube and it's just insane but um so anyways you 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 set the record in squats and then deadlift you missed and then kind of where'd you go from there
1: so after yes powerlift and then i felt that you know i wanted to start shedding a little bit of weight so i've gained you know a little bit of weight when i was doing powerlifting so i was like well let me you know do crossfit and um actually let me backstep a little bit i uh, what is it? The OCRs had piqued my interest. I remember I did a, a Tough Mudder with a friend of mine. and So I was like, oh, you know, maybe it'd be cool to start doing those. So I decided to train CrossFit and thinking that would get me, you know, in shape to start doing the obstacle course races. And so uh, I was doing CrossFit and then I just, you know, my cardio was getting a little bit better, but then I just felt like I needed to do more. So I was looking up 5Ks and started running and um, just to get me in better shape, I was just started losing weight. And so then there was, uh, it was right when COVID hit, and so all the races were getting canceled. There was one last race that was around here that was a 5K trail run. So I did that just for, you know, shits and giggles. And, uh, you know, it was fun. It, it was a lesson learned, you know, about myself and running. And I had a lot to learn and stuff. But uh, it was a good experience. That's kind of what started my whole me getting into trail running was basically just trying to get fit and then, uh, you know, jump into that 5K.
0: Right. So you went from 5k and then, um, yeah, and I, I, see this a lot. Uh, actually, I, I guess I don't see this a lot. I get a lot of messages from people that will say, Hey, I signed up for my first 50 mile race. Can you give me any advice for it? And I mean, I think it's awesome, but most of them haven't even started at the 5k or the 10k distance. And it's kind of like, I not maybe you should, you know, kind of crawl before you run type deal um, and see how you like those shorter races. Because, uh, I mean, that, that's a huge leap from a 5K to, say, a 50-mile race. Uh, so, so yeah, what what got you to all of a sudden say, hey, I want to I do a, a 50K or 100K?
1: To be honest, I, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I would have been one of those people that would have just jumped right to the 50Ks but there okay. was around. There was none around, so I had no choice but to do the five k. So, because that's the only race they had for the year, so I did that one. But um, honestly, I, I was watching YouTube videos and um, and I was just got all these ultra runs and stuff because I it piqued my interest because I started reading um david Goggins book i was doing a 75 hour challenge and during that i was reading his book and then he was talking about ultra so i was like well let me see what he's talking about with that And so then i saw this video and i wish i could remember what video it was because it was a video you would probably would not want to see it it wouldn't make most people would not want to run ultra after seeing this video because they had people showing their toenails and blisters oh, right. and this, you know just you know just the most the stuff you don't want to see during an ultra but it just attracted me i'm like dude i want that like i want to feel that pain i want to go through that type of you know, mental battle and challenge and stuff. So that kind of what, you know, made me kind of birth that thought in my mind and stuff like that. So I did that. And so after, after the 5k and then getting the trail runs, I was like, all right. So then stuff started opening up. And then that's when I decided to sign up for that 50k.
0: Okay. And then um, now how, how, I guess what did you train different um, since you don't really, didn't really have any experience uh, necessarily and you're going from a 5k to a 50k. I mean, what did did you just research stuff or did you just, hey, I'm going to run a lot and see how it
1: goes? Um there was a a book, I think uh, what is the guy's name? Al Higdon. Um, okay. there yeah. was a, it was a book somebody recommended. It was his and he has something where you can train for a 50k, so I followed that and um which was kind of funny because before I even followed his training thing, I was kind of doing what he recommended on my own, because I would run, you know, maybe four four to six miles on a Monday and Tuesday, then on a Wednesday, I would run maybe 10 miles, and on a Saturday, I would, you know, run a long run, which would be 15, you know, anywhere between that, and then I'd increase it each week, so that's what I did for my training, and so until, like, the last week, I had to get to a marathon right before the 50k, so I followed his program, and then um, after that, though, for the 100k, um, I just kind of just you know, win with whatever, you know, I just followed my own little training okay. and win with how I felt.
0: Well, so, so 100K to a hundred K to a 150 miler. I mean, you're talking like 28 or 29 miles farther. Uh, so bring us, bring us to that. Cause you just recently did that um, on, was it Memorial day? Yep. Yep. yep yeah. So over,
1: uh, Memorial day weekend. Yep.
0: Yeah. So take us down that, that rabbit hole of like how that race went. And, um, you know, this would be good for, for beginners that are thinking about getting into ultra. Cause you can talk about maybe how you, a little bit, how you fueled yourself, um, you know, equipment you, you had in there, um, as far as maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh people to help you, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Like take, take us down that since that's kind of a new thing for you to go that far.
1: All right. So yeah, for, um, start, I mean, uh gear wise, I used the uh, I had a Solomon Vest. It's the Advanced Skin 12. Um, because for this I was basically uh going you know how they had in the ultra scene you have crude or screwed. I was going screwed for my first hundred miles because I, I didn't have nobody until then. So I had uh all my gear, everything I was gonna possibly need for the first hundred miles packed with me on my back. So I was probably carrying an extra, you know, 10 to 12 pounds with me. Um before my nutrition, um I had tailwind, it was spring energy, I packed a few uh, cotton candy uh, flavored grapes, um, I, I would freeze those up, so therefore they'll last a little bit during the heat, and then that was really all I went off from my nutrition. Um,
0: now, did, were you packing all of your water? For that hundred miles too, I mean that's that's a lot of water. So, did they have aid water. stations to give you water? Water. They
1: had aid stations where I get okay. water. So what I did is, in my bladder, I put um, I filled my I had a two liter bladder. I filled that up with my Tailwind, and so then under my front, on my uh, flask, I use uh, those are what I use for my water or Gatorade. Is really what I had the whole time. I, I'm not a big water drinker, so most of my um, hydration was all Gatorade. Um, okay so I had that but yeah so it, it the first 45 miles I mean it, it was a most of the race is flat so the but there was like about 2,000 feet of elevation you get that within the first 45 miles so you had that on top of the heat which kind of kicked me in my butt because I wasn't expecting that so <laughs> um <laughs> that made things a little tough and I mean I was going for the record which was um 32 150 miles and 32 hours was the record. My projected time what I was going for was 12 an, an hour. And so I would have done it in 27 to 30 hours, but I was okay. good for the first few hours. But then after shoot mile 30, 40, I mean, stuff just kind of <laughs> went to hell after that. I mean, with the elevation and the heat started catching up, so you know, that was kind of out the door with that. So that was just to the point of just trying to finish after that. So, um,
0: yeah, you know, I, mean, I and I talk, well, I talked to uh, my friend uh, Jared on this, and we've talked about a lot of this ultra running isn't necessarily being the fittest person. It's more can your body hold up? Can you withstand? that many miles because you can be as fit as you want but if if you know david david doggen talks about in his book i believe he is like had fractures in his legs like during yeah, one yeah. of his races <laughs> so you got to be you know willing to go through a lot and um fitness kind of to a point can be out the window if if you get you know to a certain point and uh not feeling well
1: and that uh, yeah and that's i mean that's 100 percent truth man because i mean i'm out there i was running with you no know, a lady that was, you know, 56 years old. And so, I mean, like fitness age does not matter. I mean, it's just, like you said, imagine about, you know, how much you could push yourself. And so that was definitely a big thing for me. Cause I mean, for, uh, you know, there's parts where, I mean, like I said, I was ready to give up. I mean, my feet were just done. I mean, every step I took and I didn't, I mean I didn't realize I took off my shoes, but I had blisters on the bottom of my feet. I was losing skin, blisters on the side of my feet. I mean, it was just it, that was the roughest part for me, which is once I hit that. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, and this was happening like, did this all start happening at like mile 45 or 50, you said? Honestly,
1: no. Um, it's, the heat and the, and the um, elevation started to take over a little bit at mile 45 and 50 to where, you know, I was getting a little tired and just drained from the heat. But then after that, you know, we started, once I hit the actual paved trail, I was good. My feet and stuff didn't tear me up until mile 90 to 100 is when I just, it just went downhill for me. I mean, every step, it's like, if I walk, it hurt. If I ran, it hurt. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, as I'm running, adjust my feet certain ways so I don't land right on my, you know, where it's just really tender and blistering at. So that kind of tore me up between 90 to 100. And then once I got to 100 miles, I, you know, I got to my, uh, crew where my buddy gene met, met me at and his wife and they helped me out they did my blisters up i changed my shoes which i mean and socks which made me just feel 100 percent better for a little bit and then um
0: well how many I, hours were you at at the 24 at the 100
1: mile mark the 100 mile mark we were at about 20 let's say 26 hours Okay, so you've been
0: hours. out there you've been out there a long time. Had you slept at all?
1: No, there was no sleeping for me, man. Um the, I was through the night. I was with a little bit of with, you know, a group of people. I ran with them through the night. They stopped to sleep and I, I just kept going. Yeah, I had stopped at one of the A stations. I had me a blueberry pancake and kept on trucking.
0: That's awesome. So 26 26 hours, you finally get new shoes, socks, blisters and you're ready to rock again.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but yeah, I was good, and then this is like, um, it was was on one of the days here where it was like in one of the high 80s, you know, and so we're on the trail, there's not very much shade, so I'm just getting ate up by the sun, feet starting to hurt again a little bit after I hit, uh, see, this was at the 100-mile mark, i.e. we get off the trail, so maybe about 100, mile 120 and towards the end of this we're off the rail trail there and we started getting onto this part of the the course of where you're on the um you know just on the regular streets or whatnot and so my family was going to meet me at the end of the rail trail which is in midland so i got to the point where i met my family and that kind of gave me a little bit of boost to hurry up and get to them so like the last five miles i just no pain no nothing i literally like ran until i got to them And so, which I think was kind of a bad idea because once I got to them and we started walking, I just had no energy in me. I mean, every little five, you know, few steps, I had to stop and sit down for a second. So that took everything out of me. So we're at a hundred, we're at a mile and this is a hundred and twenty, thirty miles at this point. So we have still no sleep, no,
0: no sleep, no nothing. Still no
1: sleep, no nothing. Yep. Still just going through off of a tailwind gatorade and spring energy and i I did have i'll have some food at a few aid stations but when i hit the last aid station at a mile 120 i had a watermelon and when i had that last one i just felt like i was going to throw up so after that i just did no more food and it was just straight tailwind and um i don't even think i did spring energy it's just straight tailwind after that so uh tailwind and gatorade so then i at mile 120 when i was with my wife you know we had got there I we you know got some more stuff um Gatorade gear and all that that I needed for the nighttime and then that's honestly I was ready to quit to be at that point I mean sitting in the vehicle I was with my wife and my kids I mean I did over 100 miles that's you know well over the you know what I've ran before I mean I'm I'm at 120 mile mark there so I know I was in the car I had air conditioning. I took my shoes off I had my feet up I mean I was ready to quit. I told my wife, "Mike, you know, if I continue, that means you're going to have to come and get me at five o'clock in the morning. And you know, and then with the baby, you know, honestly, I was just trying to make up excuses for her to say, you know, yeah, we should just stop. And she looked at me with the look of concern on my face. Like, you know, you, you can't quit. And that, that look on her face, like, honestly, I was like, all right, I, I just, I can't, like, she just, it was weird. I can't explain it, but she looked like you're not going to quit. Are you like, you can't. So then I'm like, fuck it. Right. You come this far. Up yeah yeah really and i did she was like this is the this is the finishing point you got 20 more miles to go this is the home stretch i'm like all right so i packed up everything put my shoes back on gave my wife and kids you know kiss goodbye and went on out you know and finished off the race and uh i think I, i ended up meeting up with two ladies um a little bit out there so we finished off the rest of the race together throughout the night just to kind of help keep each other you know pushing each other and going and one of the ladies wanted to uh you know sleep and then many the other ladies were like you know what well, we're going to keep going so she was like all right I'll go with you guys and you know so we kept going so I think I ended up finishing the race in almost like 49 whew, 48 49 hours no sleep though but yeah so it, it was definitely oh a tough gosh. one um, it it's it, <laughs> it, it was hard man it was stressful. I mean you're talking no more than double what I've ever ran before and so um, mentally though I think what kept me going just thinking about you know the, what the race was for, for the fallen swords that, you know, aren't, aren't here to be, you know, that died for our, our country, died for us, you know. And so, uh, that I kept that in mind. I kept in mind too that, you know, I run for, you know, representation as well. There's not a lot of black people that run ultra runs, you know what I mean? And I'm, I would love right. to see the sport, you know, expand, you know, and stuff like that. So I kind of, you know, run for that. And, you know, for my family, I know they you know, my wife was waiting to meet me at the finish line. So that was my push too. So it was, a uh, Definitely a mental and physical battle, man. But um, yeah, we, we did it though. We got done.
0: Gosh! So after you're done with that, um, you know how 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 long did it take you to recover? And when I say recover, just meaning Uh-oh. like go for go for a run, like a light run.
1: Oh uh, man, you're talking <sighs> maybe a week. We can maybe almost a week and a half okay like even hey, even when i went back to work i had to work what i had monday the, i finished the race what sunday uh, morning at five i had work i had monday off so i started work tuesday throughout the rest of the week i went to my job and you know we got i work in the laboratory i told them i'm like hey i have to wear flip-flops if you guys want me here at work if not i will go home that's completely fine i'll take a pto if i have to but I can't, if you guys want me to work, I have to be in flip-flops. So I cannot put my feet in shoes. So <laughs> they were fine with it. They understood, you know, because they knew about my race. But I, I seriously, for the first four or five days, I couldn't put my feet in shoes. I mean, they're, the blisters, they were swollen. And just to even put them in shoes and have them rub against anything was just so painful. So, yeah, it took me to, oh, just that long to get them in shoes. And once I got them in shoes, you know, another few days uh, where I can go for a light run. But, yeah, it's so about a week, a week and a week and a half.
0: So do you think the, um, do you think, was it the physical pain that was the hardest part of the race or like the lack of sleep? That was the hardest part.
1: The lack of sleep. Cause I, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, the feet hurt, but after I, I, you know, when I stopped at the A station, they fixed up my blisters. I was good to go. So it was a lack of sleep and I was a little worried because I was hoping to be done, you know, within, like I said, a 37 hour. So when I was going on, being out there for almost two days it's like shit you know like am I going to start doing this hallucinate? am I going to start seeing stuff so I was getting a little worried but um I had I don't know if you know uh, like ammonia tablets
0: uh-huh. or ammonia
1: capsules like when people pass out they use those well that's something we use in powerlifting too when you like you go out there to use your big lift you use that to get you all pumped up so I use that for any time I felt like I was really tired or whatnot I'd you know t- take ammonia capsule pop it you know, and just sniff it real quick. And then it'll wake me up for a little bit. And I just run with it in my hands sometimes. And whenever I felt like I was like, you know, my eyes were getting heavier, I was just dragging too much. I would take a whiff of it and it'll wake me up a little bit. And I just keep on going.
0: Gosh. Yeah. You know, for me, um, lack of sleep would be the big thing. I mean, I, I've never run that far, so I'm not going to say that that would totally be the only thing that would get me, but I've definitely run um, with a lot of like blisters and things like that. And for me, they kind of just like after a while, it almost, they kind of become numb like once they get to a certain point. But right. gosh, I just am not good on, on no sleep. Like I just have never <laughs> been. So I couldn't imagine two days out there with no sleep. And anybody else you talk to make it the full two days with no sleeping?
1: Um, no, everybody at least took a 15. 15- at the minimum, at least a fifteen or twenty minute nap. I think that finished the race, except for wow, the, should... except for the guy that finished ahead of me. But I never talked to him because obviously, by the time I was there, he was long gone. But the guy that finished ahead, I don't think he ever took a, a nap. He just ran it straight through.
0: God, you should get a award just for staying up that long <laughs> and running.
1: <Man>. Yeah, that <laughs> so... it's, it's, the recovery part on that was kind of hard to get the sleep back because I mean, you know, I'm talking like it's not like I can, you know, go home and just lay out and sleep all day because obviously I got a wife and kids, the kids want to go out and do stuff. So that was hard to find out, you know, just to catch up on that sleep. I eventually did, but it was so hard. I mean, there's like times, I think the only reason I was able to is cause my wife went to her family's house and I just stayed back at the house and was able to catch up on a few hours of sleep. But I, I just needed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine Gosh, that's, that's incredible. So, uh, for, I, I assume you're going to do another ultra correct at some point.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. So say you decide to do another 150 miler taking that experience from, uh, this recent one, are you going to do anything different? Maybe training different, um, just equipment different, anything different, uh, as far as, um, what you learned from this past race?
1: Um, training wise, I would probably do fairly the same. And it's actually, I was, just, uh, the guy you mentioned, um, earlier, um, he was on one of your previous podcasts and yeah, Jared. Yep. Jared. Yes. And I kind of followed, I like what he said where he was saying, where sometimes it's better to undertrain than overtrain. I felt like that's for this. I undertrained. And that's kind of where I was good at because I said, if my feet didn't hurt, I think I would have actually been, you know, fine other than just the normal elements hitting me like the heat and all that. But um, yeah, so that's, I mean, training wise, I wouldn't change anything. I probably would definitely have a crew like, you know, with me through a whole way through. So therefore, I don't have to carry so much gear on me because I think that takes a toll on me after so many, you know, miles mm-hmm. and hours. So I would have a crew all the way through. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I would just have a crew. I mean, I think if the crew would make a big difference for me getting this, you know, getting through with the race.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if your pack, you know, your, your vest is only 10, 12 pounds, uh, but carrying it for that long, yeah, it definitely is going to start to add up after a while riding on your back the whole time. Um, you know, so what, uh, what, what shoes are you currently running in? Cause you're, you wear like ultras, don't
1: you? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I wear ultras. I am uh, in the ultra torn fives um, when I run on the road and also the escalantes. But then on the trails, I am in the um, Olympus, I don't know, Olympus 5s. And then I got the um, Lone Peak 4s.
0: Okay. Now, Ultra is um, a fairly new company. I mean, they haven't been around like 20 years. So what what got you, what brought you to them? Because I've personally never worn a pair. I've actually looked at them for um, an easy day shoe, just like a complete recovery day. Because I think there's a lot of cushioning in them. Right. But what, uh, yeah, what made what made you pick that brand out of all all the stuff out there?
1: Um, honestly, I kind of, to be. I was just following, you know, the what a lot of people are saying. with popular. Piper. I mean, on the trail running, everybody's you know speaks highly of ultras, you know. And so I was like, well, let me give them a try. And so I did, and I like the white toe box too. I don't have wide feet, but that to me just helps out a lot and doesn't make a big difference for me. And so. Just, and then the zero, I don't know, just the zero, uh, um, what is it? What they call it, zero, not just a zero, uh, not with, but. Are, are so, you talking look.
0: about, like, no, just, there's the. Yeah, there's. Are you talking about like there's no drop in in the foam
1: anywhere? Like, yeah, zero drop. Thank you. Couldn't get it out. Okay. Yes, zero drop. (laughs) And so that made a difference too. And I like that on my feet a lot better. So because I first, very first pair of shoes I had were Hoka's, and uh, you know I love the cushion of them. There was the Clifton Sevens cushion was Mm -hmm. awesome, but I just don't like the bulkiness. I just I don't care for them. So then that's why would made me go to the ultras, and I've just been with those since then.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's funny you bring up focus. Cause I actually, um, I have never really gotten a lot of blisters unless I really did a long, a lot of long runs back to back, uh, which I haven't done that many times just because I'm more training for the shorter, shorter stuff where I'm not doing like a 25 mile run and the next day doing 30 and then 20, you know, anything like that. Um, but when I've done longer runs, I've gotten some blisters from any shoe, but, I switched to the hokas cause I wanted um, a more cushioned shoe and they gave me blisters no matter what I did. It was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I swear to you, I can, I can look at those things before I put them on. And I had a blister And ever, <laughs> ever since then, I have just like, I've went back to Saucony, and that is all I've run in since, uh, but yeah, Hoka, Hoka's are, are cushioned, like you said, but man, they just did not it's, fit my feet well. Well, that's
1: funny you say that because the Hoka, Recon, con or whatever they are. Rencon, yep. Yep, is what I ran in for the first 100 miles. I ran in that, and then after that, I traded my – uh because they're, they're lighter and they had the cushion. So I'm like, okay, well, let me run in those. And then by the time I'm done with those, I'll put my feet in the ultras to where they will get my feet that, you know, that breathing room. It'll feel a lot better, and I'll have that cushion. And you know, finish off the race with those. And I, I don't know what it was, but maybe something with the Hoka's, man. But yeah, I've never had any type of blisters on my feet, and I ran in these, and yeah, my blisters on both bottom of both my feet, both my pinky toes, my big toe, and yeah, <laughs> and that was before I put my feet inside the ultra. So,
0: okay, yeah, that's um. So I had the Rincon's and the Cliftons, and uh, I had the Rincon's for for what you were talking about, just being a lighter weight, more cushioned shoe, because that's kind of like their. They're faster. It's not their fastest shoe for like tempo type runs, but it, it's definitely up there. Um, and yeah, both the Cliftons and those just gave me tons of blisters and I just couldn't do it. So I finally, I was like, okay, I gave Hoka a shot and I'm done with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, same here. <laughs> I so. agree, man. I think I'm probably all ultra right now. I don't mind the Satomies though because I have the endorphin um, speed, that's endorphin speed, endorphin shifts. I mean, I love yep. those things. I, I will say that I love those shoes.
0: Yeah. The endorphin series is, is really good. Um, I really like them and I'm not, I, I guess I just haven't worn a lot of other ones just cause Saucony's always worked for me. And I don't feel like, um, I don't know if you spend a hundred and $150 on a shoe and it's like, okay, it doesn't work for you. I don't want to have to deal with shipping it back. So I just, I'm like, Saucony works. I'm going to use yep. it. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's...
0: <laughs> So I guess, uh, here's, here's something I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, you know, you run incredibly early, it seems like a lot of times. So how do you balance your training with your family life, like, and, and keep everybody happy?
1: Uh, that's why I train early, man, to be honest. I mean, um, I'll be up at, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning or go run. And therefore, I can have my running and everything done before my, you know, family's even up. So therefore, when I do get out of work, you know, I'm able to still devote all that time to them. So if my you know, son has practice or if my daughter has practice or whatever, I can go to that and help my wife out with that. Or, you know, if we just want to go out and go for a walk after work, because it's nice, out, you know, I'm able to, to give that time to them. So therefore, I mean, it makes it easier that way too. So when I do do these runs and these races where my wife's not like, you know, oh, you know, you're missing all this family time with, you know, running and now you're doing this to where she sees that I'm sacrificing my sleep, you know, and getting up early to be with them. So she's a little bit more all right with when i'm you know gone for a day two days doing these long runs like this so it it kind of helps out you know that way
0: yeah and i mean what time you usually go into bed if you're getting up that early
1: who um weekdays i mean i'm probably i'm up no later than eight o'clock and on the weekends you know maybe uh in 10 (laughs) o'clock okay (laughs) so I'm, i'm in a bit early man yeah
0: Okay. Yeah. So do you, um, and how old are your kids?
1: Um, I got 16 year old. I have a 13 year old. Um, then I have a seven six and I have a little girl that's going to be one years old next week.
0: Oh, okay. So you're going through, uh, I have a two and a four year old. Um, but man, that like zero to two year age, two year old age, that is tough. Like trying to, <laughs> trying to get sleep and it's constant attention. Um, man. Yeah. Sleeping. And for me, at least, like I've kind of mentioned earlier, uh, trying to get enough sleep and train a lot is probably one of the hardest things, uh, you can, you can do if you have little kids.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cause my little one, she's, uh, I mean, i the night and you know, so it does make it a little difficult, but, uh, you know, we, we try to, we try to make it work, you know?
0: Absolutely. So what, what is, um, what is next for you? Like, what are you, what are you eyeballing for your
1: next, your next race? Um, I would like to run uh, the fifth, the very first 50 K I did. I would like to run that one again and, and just tackle it a little bit different. I think I can have a better time. Not so much that I am. I mean, I am going to get a, you know, would like to get a better time, but I want to go out and just have fun with it. And it's just because I think I can do better this race than what I did before. And um, that one that I do have, a, I want to do a trail 100 miler. So I'm currently trying to find which one I'm going to do for that. I haven't, don't have one picked out yet. Just trying to decide what would work best for location and time. You know, obviously with family, I got to work around them. So, but, uh, so yeah, that 50K, the first one I did, which is called the Yankee Springs Trail which is, uh, the first week in June. And then I would like to do a hundred mile trail run. And like I said, that one will just come up when I figure out what works best around, you know, what's going on with my family.
0: Right. Because if you're trying to do a race like that and have a support crew throughout the race, you've got to plan, having people there with you. And if, obviously if the race is a long ways away from where you live, that really makes things hard.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. If I do this 100 miles of 100 mile, this one, I would do uh, a trail run and then this one, I won't need to have a crew. Um, Hopefully, because there'll be more, you know, a lot of A stages. This one, I uh, had to pack a lot of my stuff because you didn't have that, the luxury of having those A stages, you know, easily accessible like you do in mostly like your trail runs because you're just doing these big loop races where this one, you're just going from, you know, Lake to lake or you go from one part of state to state, you know, or one part of the All right uh, state to the other part.
0: Now, have you have you ever considered trying to get into um oh what's the uh the, the two hundred the 238 mile race that's real famous? Uh, um the could the, the, it's it's like, could not the, the, the Cadona or there the um it's like the Badlands two thirty or something? Is that what it is? The Badlands two thirty Something, something like that. Like, one, that. like
1: the Moab two hundred and forty, then the Badlands. Yeah, the Moab two hundred and
0: forty. Is that something you'd ever eyeball trying to get into?
1: I would. Um, that would be way down in the future, just because of the, you know, the cost of it, and then just the planning and everything. But yes, that would be something I would love to do. Because I, I, I just would love to do anything that would really mentally push me to where I just. And, ready to break and so i mean I, I did 150 i mean maybe i could find a 200 mile race eventually then if i can p- complete that then no doubt i'll definitely will go for the mohawk you know 240 that would be uh, definitely a nice little bucket list type of race there yeah,
0: that would be um yeah, cause I think it's like two hundred and thirty eight some two hundred and thirty eight miles or something like that total., uh, but I've heard that's a brutal race, like that is one of the toughest ones there are. And I think I think Goggins talks about that one in his book a little bit that it I, I yeah. believe that was the race that just man it like I think it, he even
1: just, uh, yeah, I think he didn't even complete that one one time,
0: yeah, I, I mean, You know, I, again, I don't know a lot of the big names in trail running, um, just because it's kind of not what I do. And I, I love trail running and I love the environment. Um, but I just, I don't have the time to really focus on those longer stuff and, and trying to do them. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's incredible hearing some of these people's stories and, and going through those races. And like, like we mentioned, I mean, Goggins in his book talks about like breaking his legs basically and and still going on. (laughs) So it, it's it's unbelievable, but um, yeah. So is there? Uh, you know, I thought this was awesome hearing about your race. You know, what motivates you? You you do it with the family, which is awesome. Uh, you know, is there anything you want to just kind of say to people that are looking to get into
1: this and get started? Um, if so, just do it. I mean, if you're thinking about a race, if you see a race you signing up for, don't think about it. Just sign up and do it. Um, when I did 150 mile, I knew if I would think about it. I probably would not, I wouldn't have done it. So I just said, let me, you know, it's the day that registration, you know, open, I send my money in, I signed up for it. I'm like, all right, so now I just got to train and do it. So yeah, don't think about it, do it. Um, but if you're going to do it, still go into it smart. Don't think you're David Goggins and you can go in here and just, you know, run hundred miles with never running it before. Um, you know, planet wise, especially with your hydration, nutrition, I'm not sure, you know, we're people are running at, but if you're running and if it's hot please please hydration is a big thing um don't take it lightly and then uh just have fun though that's the biggest thing is have fun you know don't unless you're trying to be you know one of these professional trail runners go out there just finish the race and have fun meet people meet, have conversations i met a whole bunch of awesome people had a whole bunch of awesome, awesome conversations out there and i mean i think you know Some the trail are some of the most badass people I've ever met, and you're talking all ages and all sizes out there. And so I just love the community, man. So, uh, yeah, guys, just sign up for the race and have fun.
0: That's awesome. Well, you heard it, Uh, Denver Isom. uh, You know, you're you're such a motivating guy. Every every post you make on Instagram, for the most part, you know, shows shows uh, a run. Uh, you know, sometimes a motivational quote, and it's just—I always enjoy watching people that um, do it every day. Like, you know, you can't—you can—you can only fake stuff for so long, and social media can really show a lot of people that oh, fake stuff. I, I you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, can, you can—you can find, but it, it, if you post a run every day and now with with our garments and stuff like that you can't lie about it right like right exactly you you did the work so um you know i don't care about following professional athletes accounts necessarily it's fun seeing the everyday person like me that that has to you know raise a family and has obligations and yet every day you you're like hey i just did 10 more miles at 3 a.m and i'm getting up at five going. god damn he's already got 10 miles in <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> you know so right. uh,
0: but um yeah you know i i really appreciate you coming on here and i thought this was awesome it gave people kind of an insight to what 150 miles uh race is going to feel like um how much it's going to really punish your body and the lack yes. of sleep just sounds, <laughs> sounds miserable. So I really appreciate you, um, tell us, telling us about that.
1: No, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on here, man. It was, it was awesome talking to you guys, man. I was talking to you, awesome to share, you know, this story with the audience, man. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, this encourages somebody to get out there and want to, you know, it doesn't have to be 150 miles, but hopefully you want to get out there and just run period man, you know,
0: Absolutely. So uh, you can find Denver on uh, Instagram at run Denver run. Definitely give him a follow if you want to be motivated to uh, get out the door because uh, that's what his page is about. And yeah, you know, awesome conversation. I really appreciate you coming on here and uh, you know, maybe after your next one, we'll do this
1: again. Hey, sounds good, brother. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank you. You guys have a good one. You too.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. Today's uh, guest was Denver Isom. Uh, you can find Denver on Instagram at run, Denver run. And as always, you can find me, your host, Brad, at uh, Instagram, uh, backcountrycardio, or on my website at backcountrycardio.com. Have a great day, everybody.